everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Good, Bad, and Ugly of Business. I'm your host, Katrin Becker. On this podcast, we interview people from all different industries, all different roles, all different walks of life, because we believe here that while a smart person learns from their mistakes, a genius learns from the mistakes of others. So we bring together all of these successful people to hear about their successes and their failures, because sometimes we can learn way more from failures than we can from the successes. And all this to help you either avoid the mistakes in the first place or to fail through them faster. My guest today has some great insights because she is a clinical psychologist and mental health is such an important topic and it's one that I'm so glad that people are talking about more and more. So she's really going to help us work through some of the mental things that we go through as being in business, whether we're our business owners ourselves or employees and anything in between. And then she's also going to talk to us about what she's learned from moving from her creating her own um, clinic She's got a, a clinic outside of Georgia, and she serves people all over the state of Georgia. So Dr. Brianna Gaynor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, you know, for the people who've listened for multiple times, they know that we always have like a pre-conversation before we start recording, and there's always juiciness that comes out of that. And so <laughs> I know this is going to be such a fun, such a fun conversation. So before we kind of get into um, the juice as it is, uh, please give everyone a little bit more uh, background on what it is that you do right now. So I am a clinical psychologist and the owner of Peace of Mind Psychological Services in Johns Creek, Georgia. So I do a few things. So um, the primary focus of my work are psychological evaluations, really kind of putting the puzzle pieces together and figuring out the what behind diagnoses, trying to help people figure out what they're struggling with, if there is a specific diagnosis, and most importantly, what do they need to help them based on what they're struggling with? So I do a lot of that. Um, in addition to having the one-on-one -on -one with clients to kind of assess where they're at, I also am the owner of my practice. And so managing that day-to-day, -day, I have a few psychometrists, which means they do the testing under me. So just making sure to supervise, supervising people and just making sure that everything is flowing well, hiring, firing, all the fun stuff that comes with owning a business. <laughs> all the stuff that no one talks to you about or prepares all you for. All the stuff that no one talks to you about. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I have friends who want to be business owners. And so I do three days of client like appointments. And then Monday and Fridays are usually my catch up day. So my friend said to me the other day, oh, you have a four day weekend. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm always working. Like just because my location changed, I am literally on my computer. Like if I'm going away, I have to say, okay, we're not going to bring our computer or are we going to bring our computer? But it never kind of turns off. You kind of have to really work on it turning off versus other kind of traditional jobs. So, well, and I also think just like the proliferation of the smartphone makes turning off so difficult. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter what job we're in, I think everyone probably gets work email on their on their phone or gets text messages about it. Or, you know, there's so many people that do all of their business off their phone. You know, if they're in some sort of like online business, it can all be done remotely as well. So it's it's a constant thing. It is. It absolutely is. So what do you see in your professional capacity of how that kind of life that people are living now, like how is that affecting us mentally versus, you know, only 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about. I mean, I remember getting my first cell phone and like 
smartphone, I should say, in uh, 2007. So I guess that's 15 years, but. Well, you know, I think it affects all of us in different ways. I do think it creates stress, but one of the questions I just added to one of our intake forms was related to children and what social media are they watching? How often or how long are they exposed to it? Because I think for me, I see one of the biggest um, impacts of social media, of smartphones, of technology, period, and how it's evolved in the last 10 years for children and just how much the comparison game becomes a thing, how much online bullying becomes a difficulty, how much they are so unhappy and confused and feeling a need to make adult decisions because of what they're seeing online. So I think the inundation of information is just kind of too much. It makes me happy that I didn't grow up in a time where there were all these things. <laughs> right. Well, because honestly, if I think about myself at that age, if I'm being honest, I probably could have gotten myself in trouble too. The difference between my generation and theirs is I didn't have the exposure. Yeah. So kind of becoming upset and frustrated with them for doing what you would expect the child to do. We're, we're giving them things that they're not ready for. So I think that that's really where I see it being most of a struggle. And I think particularly also with young people, I think it's more than just the technology. I think it's the comparison game, trying to not liking who you are, thinking that some way you're not um, measuring up to how other people are or what you think they are, or what you think you should be. And I think that's really where we're struggling most. You know, I think that's a really good point that you brought up and something that um, that I see for my children, for myself, for for clients is this idea of failure. And that's part of the reason why I have this podcast is because so much can be learned from failure yet. I, and this is just kind of coming together since you were talking, but I think because of the digital footprint, so many of our failures, like seem to live on forever. Whereas when you and I were growing up, if we made mistakes, it wasn't documented, right? It wasn't like captured to live on forever. And now it is. And I, I see so many people struggling with being okay with failure. What are your thoughts? It's hard. I think people measure themselves based on their failure. So I hear people say a lot, I don't want to fail. I don't want to show weakness. So vulnerability I hear a lot is um, attached to weakness. But the truth is, we all make mistakes. And I think that if we would normalize that a little bit more, maybe it would make it easier. And not that it's ever going to be something that's fun, like, yes, let's fail. But, <laughs> you know, I, it's one of those things where the people who have been most successful in life are the people who had an idea that didn't quite work out and they had to keep working at it. And they had that tenacity and that resilience to keep going. And so I think that it's probably something we should encourage more and talk about. But I do think it's the thing that people avoid. And so honestly, sometimes in avoiding it, people just don't do anything. And that leads yeah. to a lot of depression because I'm just stuck. Um, I, I remember talking to a client and they said, well, I don't do anything because I don't want it to go wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do anything, you won't have any chance for it to go good or bad or figure it out. But people are so fearful of what a mistake could do. And the truth is most mistakes we make and we can adjust to it. Like it'll be okay. Eventually yes. it's usually not the worst thing in the world, but our mind plays such a huge part in all these things that when we, we tend to expect the worst, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy and we can't really 
see situations sometimes realistically because we're just expecting it to be the worst case scenario. So the question I like to ask people is what's the worst that can happen? Can you handle that? And if you can handle that, then you can handle anything because the worst case scenario is probably not going to happen, but at least you know you're prepared if the worst case scenario happens. Or we make the worst case scenario so much worse than it could ever possibly be. (laughs) Yeah, but the truth is let's talk about it. So let me not say to you, oh, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen because that then that's not making you feel heard or understood and something bad could happen. So let's talk about it. Let's not just push it out of our mind because that's not a realistic way to deal with it either. But let's put it out there and not keep, because when it's in your head, we all know things get bigger and worse. Like when I am stewing over something, it's <laughs> way more ridiculous than if I just put it out there and actually have the conversation. Like I've already created how it's going to be, then this is going to happen. And it's just like, you spend so much brain power and energy unnecessarily. Well, and thank you so much for sharing that because I think there's also probably, you know, some misconceptions of, oh, you know, you're a clinical psychologist, like you must have it all figured out and like, you know, got the best mindset possible, but you're human too. We're all human. The truth is I'm human first, right? And so- Oh, I love that. That's a great thing. Yeah, I'm human first. And so it's interesting because I don't do therapy anymore, but I remember that there were times when I would be in therapy with someone and telling them something and thinking, you don't do that. (laughs) So it'd be a good reminder for me to be like, okay, let me check myself. And the truth is I have a therapist too, because again, I'm human first. And so it's, I think it's more important to make sure that we're addressing the things. And the thing that can be hard is asking for help, but you know, we can do what we do well, but if we're not outsourcing and using the resources that we have or that are available to us, we are kind of not putting ourselves at the advantage that we could, we're kind of shortchanging ourselves. So absolutely. Yeah. I I love to tell my clients that it actually takes great strength to be vulnerable. Yeah. Cause it's not fun and, but it's rewarding. Like what do you have to lose? Like if you're not, you already know what that looks like, but what could you be gaining on the other side of that? Absolutely. You know, uh, earlier you mentioned, you know, with dealing with the children of, uh, that you, that you're evaluating about the online bullying and the comparison game. And I think that's something that so many adults struggle with as well. I mean, I have a friend who is a business owner, um, and she runs her business through Facebook and the amount of online bullying that she experiences on a daily basis it's, it's mind blowing. And it's like, I can't imagine that these grown adults who know better, I know they know better. Mm -hmm. I know they were raised better than this are saying these horrible things. And there's just this, this veil of anonymity that comes with being online. Um, So, you know, yes, you're seeing it at the child level, but it's something that we're all experiencing every day, especially the comparison game. Good gosh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, you're absolutely right. You know, and I like to call them internet thugs because they're fitting <laughs> all the things, all the things that you would never say if there wasn't that wall in between. And I think, you know, I hear this a lot. We probably all heard this a lot, but we don't take it in is that usually, well, 
there are some exceptions, but usually, you know, we're putting up our best days. The days where I feel horrible, where I'm sad, where I'm doubting myself, those are not the pictures I'm putting up. They're just not, you know? I remember um, just, you know, think about it in general, how long it takes us to find a good picture to put up. We're taking right. it twice. we're taking it this way and that way. And because we want to um, put out there our best selves, but you know, the truth is we all do that, but we're not thinking of that when we're at our lowest. We're just thinking that other people's whatever is better. But the other thing is you never know what someone else's story is. And so when it comes to success and all the things people have gone through, if you listen to most people and actually hear their story, there's a lot of crap they had to go through. But I mean, I don't have a better word for it. Before they got to where they are, all we see is that last piece of it. But would you have wanted all the other pieces before that? No, I think that's why we say, oh, they're an overnight success. Yeah. Because we weren't with them all the other countless sleepless nights. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that if we could work on just as a society, really focusing on what makes us special versus what makes us not measure up, it would just be a better place to be because the truth is, I can only be a pale version of you. You can only be a pale version of me, but I can only be the best me because I'm me, you know? And so trying to be like someone else, even at your best day, it's going to pale in comparison to that person. So what is it about me that I can enjoy or embrace to help me achieve my goals or to feel good about myself or to do the things that I love? I've been working a lot in this arena lately. So I love that this is the conversation and where it goes because the world is so great. But so what's really been coming through for me um, and seeing with my clients and and with myself and and self-reflection, because it's, it's such an important piece of it is the reason that I've been thinking that people don't celebrate their secret sauce as much is because it's so easy because it's our gift. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't have to work for it. Mm -hmm. And so because it comes so easy, we don't think like how special it is. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I also wonder though, if we don't take it as seriously because we don't also recognize that it's related to purpose. So do we feel like we have a purpose or we're just kind of here floating? I think that that's that's also another important piece because- if we recognize that there's uniqueness in us and there's likely something special that we have and we paid attention to that little thing that we would probably do for no money if we could survive without any money and that we do in everyday spaces, then I think that we would feel a lot more value in who we are. But sometimes we're trying to create a purpose that's maybe not meant for us or trying to do what someone else is doing or try to avoid that thing because I'd rather be doing something else versus leaning into it. So I really think it's about taking the time to figure out what we need and getting quiet enough for that. Mm -hmm. And so to the point about social media and phones and all this, maybe life is way too busy to kind of really stop and pay attention to those things or to tune into that or to be quiet enough to be like, oh, okay, I see this pattern. Yeah. But if you're never quiet enough to do it, your brain's always going, you're always activated, your phone's always near you. When do you have time to really take inventory to figure out those things that are probably not going to just 
come to you without you having to kind of take some time to understand it or to kind of just figure it out. It's like we're at the rock concert all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because like if anyone who's ever been, you know, in any sort of concert, you know, rock concert where it's really loud, the bass is really high, you know, your hearing is not that great for the next few hours after you leave yeah. the concert and everything's just a little bit muted. So you need that time away for everything to kind of come back into, into sharp focus. So I really love how you said that um, to bring in the making those intentional moments of quiet, of stillness to really be able to tap in and, and listen to yourself. But I want to switch gears mm-hmm. and talk about your journey into going from, you know, getting your, you, you're a doctor, right? You have a doctor, which means you spent a lot of time in school. <laughs> <laughs> the loans to prove it. Yes. Exactly. And then, and then you, and then all of a sudden you, you want to have your own business. You want to do all this great things in the world, help so many people, but they never teach you how to do that. So what has that journey been like for you? What resources have you found useful to, to become the success that you are today? Thank you. Um, it's, it's interesting because I really didn't, <laughs> I remember I used to say, I just want to go to work and go home. I don't want to do all that business stuff. So to be here now and it's nine years later, it's like, okay, there was a different plan for me. God had a completely different plan. Cause one day I was just like, oh, I want to do this for myself. Where did that come from? Um, <laughs> But I really started to be intentional about what what are my next steps? What does this look like? So I found a consultation group with a woman who had a few, well, she had a practice and a few satellites. So she was super successful here in Georgia. And I joined her consultation group. It was all about starting a business. And I just kind of honed in, listened, what do I need? Got the books, got the resources, got the next steps, um, and really started kind of taking her leadership and really listening and taking those next things. And then I started thinking about where I went in my practice. I started working for other people just to kind of see how they did it. So I really took some time to just take inventory of how things were being done, get advice, do do research, all of those things, because I didn't want to just jump in when I didn't know what I was doing. So that was the first thing I did. Um, one of the things though, that I think has also been the most helpful is I have a consultation group. And we all started our practices around the same time. So two of them started their practices maybe a year and a half before me. And then our other friend, we started our practices at the same time. Mm -hmm. So in the very beginning, we would meet, we would probably talk at least once a month. We would meet for lunch. Everybody had specific questions. It was very professional. And then (laughs) then it kind kind of gravitated into more, okay, we had dinners and then we started having cabin trips where we would bring our work because our thing was whenever we were around loved ones, you know, people want your time, put your computer down. But we were like, we all know what this takes. So we want to bring our computer. No one was upset about that. It was great. And we could have our wine and it was great. So now it's definitely blossomed into That's friendship. That's such a but, fun way to do yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Like we would do trips twice a year. So this year we just went to Orange Beach, which was great. And Sounds we amazing. Our work, but we had a lot of fun. So I think that has really helped to be able to have other people going through the same thing, get their advice, get their resources and just be like, this is hard. Yep. This is hard too. I'm having this issue. Yep. I've had that issue too. So I think that that's one of, been one of the biggest things and not feeling alone, just having 
um, that camaraderie and those friends who are going through the exact same thing. Because in my life, a lot of my friends will give advice, but they don't understand what <laughs> this journey is. So I think that that's really been helpful in getting through things. And I, I think that's a great point in that when you are getting advice from people, make sure you're taking stock and having some discernment over who, where that advice is coming from, because they might not know and it might not be good advice. So, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so much but, for your input. But, on the other side, though, I have gotten some good advice in the prison. And so what has been helpful in talking to my friends is hearing the perspective of an employee, because honestly, you know, I worked for a private practice for a few years before, but I've never really had a traditional job before. So hearing their perspective about what's been helpful in terms of different practices and ha- like engagement with bosses and what works for them, those pieces have kind of helped me, I think, with my employees, just to have that different perspective, because my brain is always practicing. What are you doing? What are you doing? How's this going? And not having the perspective of what it may be like for my employees. So that has been helpful. Oh, but it depends on who you're getting it from too. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean the transferable knowledge, you know, that's where the discernment comes in. Like, is this Absolutely. good advice? Is this not good advice? Um, but I I, you know, what's do you have any tips on how someone could create what you've been able to create with this with this group? Because it does, it can feel lonely. And you know, even if you have these connections online from different social media groups coming back to social media, um, because it is such a part of our lives, sometimes it's harder to take those relationships that are online into real life and how to nurture and grow. Like, I mean, just as you said, they started off very professional, very, you know, we had our questions and our books and everything. So now we're like, <laughs> wait, did we talk about work today? <laughs> we got to write this off. Um, I think that going to different events, um, marketing events where things are relevant to whatever your brand is or your business is helpful. Uh, We have to do continuing education credits every year. So any people that you connect with that way or even classmates you've had, I think those can be the places where you meet people. But in terms of creating and cultivating these professional relationships, I think it's about intentionality. At this point, it's probably about hosting something. (laughs) Hey, let's get together, making those intentional connections to meet with people. So there have been other people that I've met with through the years who I've known, I've worked with this here or there, and it's not the same as my consultation group, but we still have those periodic meetings where we connect, we can go have a meal and we can really talk about business. So I think just making the time for those connections to make sure you're being intentional about spending time with them too, because it's really important. You know, I've had some of my best ideas come from talking to people and picking their brain, things that I would have never thought about. So yeah, yeah, it can be really, I think, helpful. But I think at this point, it's about just being intentional about it. Okay, let's set some time. When can we meet? And let's actually put it on the schedule. I I love that. And I think it's a great point on if you're not finding what you're seeking, create it because there's got to be other people out there wanting the same thing you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can, you can make that time and and do that. So what are some of the other trends that you're seeing in relation to, to mental health um, and how can the listeners help to mitigate that and, and get ahead of it? 
I think that a lot of what I'm noticing is people still kind of recovering from the impact of the pandemic. So I think it's, I think there are ways that we can kind of mitigate some things with mental health, but more than anything, I really think it's about awareness. So more than anything, really paying attention to how you're feeling, paying attention to maybe one of the questions I ask a lot is what impact did it have on you? So a few things that I'm seeing is people, you know, maybe struggled socially or had some social issues and they became very comfortable not having to socialize. So now (laughs) having to get back into that has created a lot of anxiety or people really struggled with being alone and they had a lot of sadness. So now kind of getting back into it, they're excited to be social, but they're really struggling with that transition or, you know, just being comfortable again, being out in the world. Um, I think that people are also struggling in terms of job satisfaction because we were so used to doing something a certain way, coming in the office every day. And now people are kind of resisting that. I don't want to do that anymore. We had all this time. Why are we coming into, I'm not doing that. And so really having to adjust to how the world is now and maybe resisting that a little. So I think one of the biggest things is taking that time to be intentional with yourself to really tune into how you're feeling and what's going on with you. Is this, can I identify what this is? Is this something that I need to take time for? Is there a trusted friend I need to talk to? Maybe I need to talk to a therapist and that would be helpful. But I think really just kind of taking the time to tap in because I think that now more than ever, people probably struggle with things that they just kind of pushed off and it wasn't a big deal. And now because there's more of a conversation about mental health, it's like, oh, I do struggle with attention. Oh, I am really anxious. So all these things where we just dealt with it. So really paying attention and then seeking the support that you need, not feeling like we have to hold it all in and suck it all up because we're stronger together. And I think that there's strength and vulnerability in asking for help and talking to friends and letting people know what's going on and hearing their insight. My best friend is able to talk me down from anything. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to call her today because I should probably, and I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense that I'm not thinking about. Right. But who are those people? Let's be open. We're all going through something. So I think being more open to talk about it is really what I would say could mitigate it. Just starting the conversation about actually how are you feeling versus how are you doing good okay right let's not do that anymore right yeah. creating that space I mean because what is you ask someone hey how you doing I'm good or I'm fine uh-huh. yeah yeah and that's it I mean it's such a rote response like we don't even give it any thought at all yeah, exactly. I had a I had a conversation with a friend yesterday and you know we got on a zoom like this and it was like hey how you doing and he's like really bad actually and it was like I had a moment of like I can't believe someone would say that and then it was wow I can't believe someone said that that's amazing and so then it was a chance to kind of talk about it and connect as people before we get into the business part of things and um yeah because otherwise I would have had no idea that was going on and maybe I could have said something insensitive because I didn't know Absolutely. And I know for me, while some people can turn it off, like if something's not going well personally for me, I'm not as effective at work. So they're probably like, what is going on with her? But I'm a little bit all over the place, depending on where my emotions are. So that needs to be the first thing that I'm addressing so that I can function better. And I think that we're just so used to stuffing it down and getting stuff done and not recognizing how important it is 
for us to take care of ourselves because that just bleeds into every other area of our lives. It just does. We think it's not impacting everything, but it really does. Your kids know, your spouse knows, your friend knows, your coworker, everybody can feel that when things aren't going well and that's okay. But making a space where that's actually something maybe we check in with people on. I'm thinking even as an employer, I probably need to do a better job in checking in with my employees. Like, because at the end of the day, that's that's important. And that can make or break someone staying with you because they feel a sense of support. That's a big deal. Yeah. Especially in these times, it's a really big deal to feel supported and cared for by the people that you work for. That is a perfect tie-in for what my last question was actually. Okay. So well done, you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's around the idea of compassion fatigue. Um, and that being such a, you know, prevalent issue in, in so many, um, parts of healthcare. And I imagine particularly in mental health. So when you think of it in terms of that and taking care of your people, like, you know, what does that look like for you? And, 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 you know, what are some of the the things that you've seen? Well, I think the first part is it looked like really taking the time to check in individually, because this was the first time ever that we as mental health professionals were going through the same things as our clients at the same time. Doesn't mean that there was never any similarities, but we're all going through this pandemic. We're all trying to figure out how to deal with working from home and all the stresses that are coming, watching the news. And we're supposed to help you, but are we able to help ourselves? There was that conundrum. Mm. And so what I noticed is a lot of my therapists kind of really struggle with that. So what do I do with this? I don't know how to take care of myself. I'm I'm struggling too as I'm trying to help my clients and I'm literally running out, out of ideas probably because I'm exhausted as well. And so I think check-ins were important. The other thing was giving them permission to take time off. If you're feeling burnt out, I want you to take a break before your burnout turns to, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? So that was another thing. Um, making sure that they knew that they were appreciated. So little gift cards, making sure we did virtual meetups as much as that we could um, after everything opened up more, making sure we're doing Christmas parties so that we could connect because some of them are still virtual and also making sure that they know if you need anything, you can text me, you can call me, I'm available. Um, those are some of the things that I saw, but I did see just a lot of struggle in knowing what to do with yourself while trying to help the people with the same thing you were struggling with. I think that that was really quite difficult, particularly for mental health professionals, because we never stopped working. It got busier, <laughs> it got busier, you know? Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. Well, Dr. Brianna, this was so great. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for sharing so much of your insights and professional knowledge, as well as your personal experience. It's been, it's been really great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. So um, I, you know, I understand that, um, you know, you're only able to work with people who are in Georgia, but for those lucky Georgia listeners, how can they reach out to you? So our website is peaceofmindpsychology.com, P-E-A-C-E. <laughs> so you can visit our website. We are also on Instagram and Facebook at Peace of Mind Psychology. Um, and so you can feel free to visit the website. You can follow us on social media. And if you want an appointment, you can either request it on the website or give us a call. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. 
And to the listeners, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Without you, there's there's no podcast, so it really means the world. If you enjoyed this uh, episode, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on great more guests like this. If there's anything that you're curious about that you want to learn more about, maybe it's a particular person or industry or profession, please reach out and we'd love to try to find the perfect guest to interview. Until next time, everyone, have a great day.